0: This is the AMA Los Angeles Podcast. Are you ready? Welcome to the AMA Los Angeles Podcast. I'm Joel Metzger. We are at the Digital Entertainment World Expo in Marina del Rey, and I am here with David Goffman, an award-winning entertainment producer... He's credited with over 800 hours of television programming. He's the owner of the Content Works Studio, which is a production house that is offering brands an alternative to the traditional ad agency model by developing branded content as entertainment across traditional digital and social platforms. Welcome, David.
1: Thank you for having me. You just came from a panel called The Future of Television. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they gave us a half hour to go over the future of television. Were you all
0: wearing turbans when your uh, right. <laughs> yes. crystal balls came well, out? I was Karnak. Uh, well, you and I were never talking...
1: iPhone. Okay. Yeah,
0: you and I were never talking earlier about the way the economic model is almost going full circle from the early golden age of, of TV.
1: Do uh, you think that's true? Well, I, I think... I think there's the chance for that to happen for a lot of reasons of these really these mega trends that are happening. I mean, obviously, since the late 90s, TiVo and DVR has allowed people to skip TV commercials. And they are because why wouldn't you if you could? Right. I do. Right. So um, and then there's a whole generation of people on, on digital media who are growing up with that skip ad button. Now that's that's teaching people that to not want commercials so even if the commercial is any good you know we're, we're slowly making ads a, a bad thing and and I, I think that ritual is you know the genie is out of the out of the bottle right it's just it's gonna be so brands have to get their message across right and they've got the money to spend and they need to spend that money this money must be spent every year for marketing budget so they're gonna find a way to either be in the show or be the show And that's not the only way television is going to be. Television is way too varied for that. But there's a real model that you'll come back to where one or two or three brands will be the ones who are known to have sponsored the entire show. And now you could take shows that wouldn't be on um, an SVOD like Netflix. You can actually have commercials or a brand presence inside one of those shows. Now, I know people are hearing maybe think, oh, no, a 60-minute commercial, just what I want, David. Right. Genius. No, nobody wants that. And the brands know you don't want that. But there's there's a way to to bring in the brand in a innocuous way, like the Tesco Star Theater or other ways of doing it like that, or just have shows that are just representative of the lifestyle of the brand that people who watch it, they don't have to mention the brand all that much, but people know, oh, that's... That's it's brought, the, to that brought to you by. that brought you by, and it's... Associated un- with. Or it's, let's say it's Under Armour. We know that kind of content, the kind of demographic, the activity, the kind of show. And that kind of show could be created that matches up with the essence of that brand. And so the entertainment goes in line with the lifestyle of that brand, and it works. It just has to be thought through. Mm-hmm.
0: You're not a fan of the uh, phrase branded content.
1: Well, it's irony, isn't it? Because my company's The Content Works. But I, I also have another company called Brilliant Entertainment. And so I, 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 there's two types of content which has to be made. There's this huge explosion of content um and i don't know who came up with the term called content content creators we're called producers (laughs) okay and that's we we produce you know shows or content content to me is the definition of content is something that defeats boredom Okay. okay but there's also stuff i'm gonna call entertainment which is has an emotional response now that is higher level storytelling in my opinion so there's a place for content but not everything is content, okay? The Super Bowl is not content. We just watched. That was an emotional roller coaster, no matter what team you're watching. Um, that's entertainment. And so I just think that it's important to, to not lose the word entertainment in this day and age. Some content is entertainment, though, right? Well, yeah, content entertainment is called entertainment. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Um, so going back to the future, are we looking at a Hulu model versus a Netflix model? Or is there some kind of golden mean in the between?
1: Well, I, I don't think it's going to be either or. It'll obviously, I think will be both will exist. Um, if you're saying Hulu model with the ad breaks, so yeah. the ones that'll have that little dot and you know you're coming close to it, yeah. and when you get to it, you're going to have to watch three or four or five or six ads. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not clear to me that the SVOD model is going to be the one that takes over. I don't think it's sustainable. Um, the amount of subscriptions we would have to all have in order to replicate what maybe you would get from a free experience might get expensive. Yeah. Certainly I think we'll all have some number of subscriptions we want because you want your programming when you want it, how you want it.
0: I feel like and such sp- a huge part of the new economy is this, this tiny subscription that doesn't seem like much, but you forget
1: that you're subscribed to yeah. like 50 different things. Genius, isn't it? Yeah. Right, that you know. $5 a month, you know, or whatever it is just adds up, which is great. And, and if it's value to you, you know, it's great. Not everything falls under the subscription model. So I think you're gonna have both but the more success that a subscription model has the more of the squeeze there is on brands you and i talked you know, off you know there's this there's this there's this phrase i always keep in my mind follow the money the brands have the money and cbs has money because the brands have the money right right and so how is that brand message going to come out in a subscription model well either they're going to put all their money into the non-subscription model or they're going to start producing their own content produce their own entertainment mm.
0: And where do you see Apple, Amazon, Facebook? Where where do you see them coming into this?
1: Well, it's interesting. Um, So far, the major tech players, Google, Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and and, and maybe Microsoft, but let's leave them out for a second, and maybe Netflix, these Silicon Valley behemoths in Seattle, um, they have a huge amount of money. So far, by measuring what Amazon has done, what Facebook has done, they have not really done anything different but but play the typical Hollywood game. Which is have a development team, hire some smart, creative people and start buying pitches. And that's not any different. I, I really am surprised by that. I really thought Silicon Valley would come in with a new model. And what I mean by that is, you, we talked about at the very beginning how more things change the way they stay the same. Mm-hmm. You know for, for many years, the model was the studios made their own movies and showed them on their own. Theaters. They, they owned, the trains and the tracks. They, they had the entire silo, right? right. And, that's, and by doing that, they put the creative people under contract. So we had this very, very logical, rational, streamlined system, and it produced great stuff. Right. Uh, that's, that's, well, that went away with television, and, and it, was, it, it was going away. Um, and Apple, I think, is the one to look at. Apple has so much money. They've just started to get into the original programming game. So far, they've played the game like everyone else has so far. But with the amount of money they have, I and mean, we can go over any metric you want to think about, their app revenue is larger than the entire worldwide movie box office. Their cash uh, amount in the bank can buy what's non-Disney in the world right now. They can buy Comcast, everything well, non-Disney in the world. Right, plus News Corp, plus Time Warner. They yeah. can buy that with the cash they have in their balance sheet if they want. It's a bad accounting tax transaction, but they could do it. So what are they going to do in Hollywood? So far, again, they've done a little bit, and they've covered – the, the old Hollywood, the, the current Hollywood model, what would happen if Apple actually went in and decided to mimic the old studio model because they have so much money they actually could do it right. and actually put writers and directors and producers and below-the-line craftsmen and artisans on contract and then talent on contract and brought it all in-house enough to spend your time worrying about the next deal or the next pitch. Right. You actually produced for your screen. There's 1.3 billion active iOS screens. Um, what if they did that? You're actually turning the clock back to MGM and Paramount, the 30s and 40s and 20s. Yeah. I and
0: mean, part of the, part of that model is also having kind of a, a farm league and bringing up the actors yes. and creating the stars through yes. the vehicles that you buy. Those were called using, the B-movies back then. Yeah. right. Using the, using the machinery you have to actually create a Clark
1: Gable. Create Wouldn't that a be amazing? Hover. Right. Yeah. Which, without having to sort of uh, suffer. I mean, artists should have, have their process, but they can actually have a… An actual process where people can come up that way. But, what, but the main thing about this is the model for this is not necessarily MGM or Paramount back in the day. The model for this is Pixar back in the 90s. And they actually were out Hollywooding Hollywood from their business model. Right. They had all those people working on films for years. They didn't come down to Hollywood to try to find a writer. They just they did it all in-house. And, and I'm, I'm curious if Apple – I don't think Apple's going to do it because it's such a bold move to actually create a real so-called studio. Mm-hmm. But they could. They have the, they have the distribution, they have the exhibition, they have the money to make the productions. That would be amazing. Wow. I'm blowing your mind. You're absolutely blowing my yeah. mind. See, that's why your podcast should have alcohol.
0: Who's <laughs> <laughs> to say we don't? <laughs> um, do you think that uh, audiences are more sophisticated now than ever before? We were sort of talking about when I was a kid. You know, yeah, you kind, In a way, you kind of hated the commercial, but a lot of times it was sort of like an uh, intermission yeah, y- You know, and there would be this new, hopefully entertaining thing that kind of broke up the... Well, the ads were usually good. Yeah.
1: I mean, they, they usually were good. And then some of the ads you talked about, right? They, mm-hmm. they were so good. And the only ads we talk about now are Super Bowl ads. But yeah. back then, there was like, oh, Paul Abdul did that really cool Diet Coke commercial. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. And Michael Jackson. And, and there was a bunch of really interesting stuff going on. But yeah, hmm. I don't know.
0: Um,
1: do you think we're drowning in content? I think we're drowning in choice. If that's the same thing, I don't know. Yeah, I kind of, yeah it is kind of the same thing. <clears throat> you know, um, Brandon Tartikoff you know, wrote his memoirs before he passed way too young, the former um, chief of NBC. And he said that he, he was still on, of course, the, the non-technology game when he was, he was um, still running NBC, but he foresaw the future. And he said, you know, what's going on now is instead of me being the chief programmer, everybody's a programmer. And everyone can decide with a superstore of shows and content – what they want to watch, when they want to want it. So you have created your own network every day of your life. Yeah. And I don't have to, what he basically says. And I think that's wonderful in the sense that there's always going to be something to defeat boredom, but there's not necessarily something good to watch because yeah. you have to find it. Yeah. Now, part of me thinks, and I always subscribe to something Mark Cuban says, which is, if it's good, it'll find me. I mean, that's sort of his, and that's probably true. But man, sometimes it takes a while. Yeah, and sometimes you always feel like you're behind, right? And it's just like this ever never ending cliff that you're. Climbing. I
0: think that's part. I gotta say, I think that's part of the the binge culture is that. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I would tell my ex wife, I was like, "It's not homework. We're not we're not responsible for finishing these last five. <laughs> you know, like oh, we're getting behind. What behind? It's not. <laughs> Who's measuring us? Yeah, it's it. it you feel a responsibility somehow. So you're fr- it's
1: a social thing, isn't it?
0: I didn't think that. It's it's more of like a com- completion bias or something. Where well, we've invested five episodes and we have Let's six left and y- yeah you y- you feel obligated maybe you know even when it starts to tank in the, th- <laughs> in the seventh or eighth episode it's you want to have that sense of accomplishment and and finishing yeah. something i
1: think what i miss what i miss is what you I mean what you're saying is it maybe takes a little more adds a little more edge to what you're watching which is not what you need but what i miss is the shared experience mm. Which which we used to have, where at least a third of the country was watching something every night. Yeah, I don't want to sound like an old man. I, it's the last thing I no, want to do. but dead. it's interesting. Choice I, is great. I, I, listen, I'm older than yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's a good no, thing as a podcast, it's not a some, video cast. Huh? Some
0: of these things are coming. I mean, I think that's one of the biggest questions we have: is everything is so diluted and so diversified now? And it used to be, you know, a hit on a Thursday night. It was like the moon landing every yeah. night. It was yeah. you had every eyeball in the freaking
1: country. Yeah, it'll never go back to that. Of course, it just can't. Where, where you do have the chance for it, of course, live events.
0: Right, so we have Super Bowl, we have the Oscars, we have these big biggies. Right.
1: So these biggies, which which I think are are still a shared experience, and I think um, I saw that the rating Super Bowl was was yes down three percent, which is almost nothing. But you can actually watch it on on an iPhone on the NBC app or the. NFL app, the exact same broadcast, and that's not in the Nielsen rating. So to me, everyone's watching it. Right. I don't understand how they uh, – it's, it's not down. It just hasn't been counted correctly. Anymore. But that's, that's an aside. But I think live is the future for having that shared experience. And it doesn't have to just be sports. It doesn't have to just be award shows. I think more content should be developed with a live intent because the advertisers love it, right? Yeah. Now there's no skipping. Right. And, and now that we know if it's any good, people are going to watch it to the end. Right. and to the season end. And, and I think that's something that is going to come back. And that is another example of we're coming back to where we started. It's all TV used to be live. Yeah, All of it used to be live. Videotape right. wasn't even invented yet. And there's something exciting about it. Remember the Oscars with, uh, yeah. with Moonlight? I mean, there's something exciting about live that – I think people are are gravitating back to that authenticity. I think it's going to happen more. There's, and
0: more. A, there's something kind of electric in the air when you know, like the whole nation is watching something. Yeah. Or at least your neighbors are watching it yeah. too. You, you can still talk about be on. It tomorrow. You
1: can still be on Twitter talking about it while it's on. It doesn't yeah. take away from your your other device. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that actually even amplifies it because you are getting that social yeah. social aspect to it. One of the things I do when I try to create entertainment shows is have a digital presence as part of the creative. So. Like today, if I think if Idol were coming up through the ranks as an innovative next generation show, I'd like to think that we would have created. And I didn't create the show; it was uh, it was Nigel and it was Ken and Simon and all those guys are amazing people. But I would like to think we would have done some portion of the auditions online, and put some voting in the people's. World first before mm-hmm. they came on the TV show to a grab a, a, the audience and to add that sort of digital nature and to go back and forth on two platforms. I think it would
0: happen. It's kind of a drip campaign to be able to, to plant those seeds early before the things even. But on. it has to be
1: thought through creatively. It can't just be oh, oh here's yeah, a TV yeah. show. Let's let's go back and add some digital to. It. No, it's got to be the, the format has to include the digital, which is what I'm trying to do actually. Yeah.
0: So do you think we're getting back to choice? Do you think we're uh, hitting a kind of paralysis with how much stuff we have? Is it is it, is it just is it a point of attrition where you just <laughs> couldn't. There's be. so, because I tell you, I hear I, personally and hearing over and over again anecdotally. You're looking for – you want to watch something. You want to watch something. You're getting recommendations. You're scrolling through thumbnail after thumbnail after thumbnail. And then after a while, you just say, oh, the hell with that. I'm going to watch Chinatown for the fourth time yeah. You know, because you know it's good and you haven't <laughs> seen it in a year. And, and that's the other thing is that, that everything is getting archived. And not only are we all competing with this year, we're competing with yeah. the, the, the history all of, of time. Con- all of yes. time,
1: So It's, it's going to come down to – first of all, there's no doubt. There's, there's, there's a glut of content. And all of it is, there's a lot of it that's good. It's not like there's a glut of bad content. Yeah,
0: we're we're drowning in great content. It's
1: made really, really well, even though it's for YouTube or whatever. Um, I think it's going to come down to the power of curation in terms of who is curating this for me, Mm -hmm. that I want to watch it. And some of the curation comes from your friends. Word of mouth is the oldest, greatest marketing tool ever, uh, all the way back to the movie days. Uh, but I also think there's just going to be this chance for, you know, where do I want to go, where I know I'm not going to waste my time, and it's going to be easy to navigate. I find Netflix difficult to navigate, personally. I agree. Um, I think there's some interesting stuff in the OTT world, which is have some interesting navigation tools that are, that are interesting. Pluto is very interesting. Pluto TV, I don't know if you've seen it. Hmm. Sort of a lean-back OTT experience. I'm not being paid to, to mm, plug okay. um, I think uh, I think the curation is going to be an important factor now, because there is so much. You're 100% right. Yeah, But, you know, we've got to find a way to sift through and get the stuff I want to watch.
0: Yeah, We just had Tosca Musk on just an hour ago, and in her uh, her platform, you get to uh, choose what kind of mood you're in. Are you in the mood for a good cry or are you, you know, whatever, or how not? They so have you're, self-curating it, but yourself. you're self-curating yourself. You're self creating but, but instead of just picking thumbnails of genres... You're actually logging in, like, well, how are you feeling right now, and right. then it makes recommendations based on that. Well, she
1: has programming uh, that 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 backs that up in right. terms of that. It's not like, you know, I feel like violence. Put on downhill skiing. <laughs> I'm, uh, okay. I'm mad as hell. Right, but that's I. I, I have
0: unshareable thoughts, and I I'd like to watch Taxi Driver. Plays. I've never met Tosca,
1: but I, and I know she comes from a lineage of very smart entrepreneurs. Obviously, I think it's a smart way of doing it because I think um, I think learning what you having the machine learn what you want to watch and giving it to you just takes that that energy of choice away if it's done right. Yeah. The original beats was done that way. Right. It was really really cool. Let's talk
0: about that. You mentioned that earlier. I remember it. It was a, there was like a circle graph bubble kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, the
1: original the original Dre Jimmy Iovine app um, which which Apple bought uh, had, if you remember, the opening screen was, what kind of music do you like? And, and it gives you all these choices of genres. And then within each genre or the three or four that you picked, it asks you, to, what kind what your favorite groups? If you pick rock, is it The Who? Is it Zeppelin? Is it Eagles? Whatever, if it's country. And, and you actually had these bubbles of when you're done with this process of three or four menus, and it seemed really fun. It wasn't work at all. You say, oh, that's, there's my musical taste in a visual graph. And then not only would your music be there that you bought, you would also get suggestions from their playlist based on what you have. Now I'm not sure if that was human curation or machine. I don't know. I, I think it was human, because I think that was. You think there was
0: a human on the other side of that going. It could have been. Because it seems like a pretty simple if-then thing. If it, you just, it could be. You yeah. Just, you have keywords. Maybe I'm
1: hoping that it's a human. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm hoping that a human looked at my music and said, "Oh, you're this kind of guy," instead of a machine going, "You are a 16.67." Um, I don't know. I, I do think curation like that is going to be absolutely critical in terms of the ability for those, those screens and the graphics and the think through how we get to what we want to watch is going to be really important. Because I tell you, it's, it's a lot of calories going through. <laughs> really? Is, uh, t- is TV a negative calorie food it's, for it's a lot of work. It's
0: a lot of work finding <laughs> – you're your, your shuttling through all these layers of things right. to find the thing – I mean, I've done this many times. I have, I have an hour and a half to kill, and I just lost a half hour looking for that –
1: movie. Right. You know? Maybe there's a service here. We can maybe there's some sort of, you know, personal curator. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe
0: like yeah, like a personal assistant that says here's what I are think. These, are the these most are most. usually Netflix what you're doing? I'm or, talking about Netflix, right, yeah. Right. I just I just find myself just really um, it's, taking a long time to find what I want to watch when there's so much to watch.
1: It's true. And if I'm a brand who again has the money and need to get their message out in order to sell what they're what they're making every day, I'd be scared. Yeah. That you're spending all this time trying to find a piece of content that doesn't even have an ad in it. Right. Yeah. And and how are they going to sell you um, the Hyundai Ionic? How are they going to sell you the Under Armour T-shirt? You know, they need that. So what's their options? They're going to have to become, I believe they're going to have to become a content studio, a brand entertainment studio that's going to have a platform on something like an iPhone. Yeah. And or else they're just going to be completely out of control with the message. Yeah.
0: Let's talk about something before before we came on. we were talking about you. You had a you had a meeting or a panel or something, and you had mentioned that the economic model, the ad model, directly affects the story and the story structure. Yeah. And I and I thought,
1: well, of course. But you said somebody was kind of confused yeah, well, by that. I, when, <laughs> when someone, I don't want to say, I mean, just when I when I made the point about uh, you know, if, if I know there's no commercial break, so I'm gonna develop a different set of clients. like Well, tell me more about that. I'm like, well, there's a break, <laughs> so <laughs> we have to write into the break and have have a, a crescendo and a dramatic arc. And I thought it was pretty. Understood, you know the best example of that is you know we had when Pop Idol first came on the air in the UK uh, because there's only one time zone in in, in uh, Great Britain it was the 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 performance show is for an hour and then three hours later a 15 minute result show came on or something like that yeah. there's no break so they didn't have the after the break in America we had to have a half hour block with three acts right. we had to find a way to creatively get through the commercial break when that was the Um, omnipresent annoying Ryan Seacrest who's awesome but he had to see he just growing everyone's nerves we will tell you after the break yeah so that's different than doing that show on Netflix right completely you just couldn't do it and with scripted
0: content I think even more because you know we used to have I mean I spent many a year in front of the whiteboard cracking out uh, acts you know and you 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 work from the act from the, from the act breaks Yeah, I like backwards. the act breaks. The
1: act breaks are actually a That's nice... That's what held it together. It was a so you, you
0: tip, Yeah, typically you used to have an hour show, and it would be four acts, but it would follow the three act right. structure. CBS
1: was four acts, Fox was five, or yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: start, right, was when Fox started yeah. becoming five. And wait it a cha- second. It changes everything. It's like a five-legged cow. All of a sudden, right. you know, you have to come up with another cliffhanger that will get the person, you know... That's okay, because Scully was going to be in danger. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah,
1: um, yeah it's... Uh, everything without an act break is a movie. In my opinion. Yeah. You have to stick to the classic three act structure. Obviously there's some cinema which doesn't do the classic three act structure, but that's right, what sure. it is in America. Yeah. And you've got to do that. Otherwise you're in a four or a five, but it's not just the you act. You can structure. shove three
0: into four, but it's hard to shove three into five True. and sometimes
1: six. I think the thing is you have to write into that break and out of it with a sort of a story moment, which you may not have had made as much of. If you didn't have a commercial break. So it affects the actual writing and the, the pace of the, the drama. Actual or story
0: from the actual from right. story the, from the bones, from the, from without the get-go. Question. Without question. Okay, look, people always find a way to skip ads, even if it's just like to go to the kitchen and get a beer. So is there, is there any kind of secret sauce, do you think, to get people to absorb that content, uh, absorb the, the
1: ads? If the ads are good, you're not going to skip it. Mm-hmm. We just watch the Super Bowl. And every ad was supposed to be good, so most people wanted to watch it if you could. Um, You know, I had a lot of great mentors, and one of them said to me very clearly, David, you're spending too much time on the visual. TV is is an audio medium. Even if I'm walking to the kitchen to get something, I'm still listening to what's on. So I know either a the act break is over, or b I've got to get up and listen because I've got to take care of the child, or I'm hungry, or whatever. And so the audio is isn't thought enough of. I think we I think commercials are overly visualized because of the the auteur network uh, because of the auteur director hegemony mm-hmm. in Western entertainment, quite mm-hmm. frankly. I think the audio is very, very important. And and maybe if we thought about that a little bit more, a message would stick more. We wouldn't have to worry about turning our head because our ears still can be tied to the content.
0: That's a really good point because it does seem like there was, I'm thinking of the old uh, Infinity commercial where you didn't even see the car, you know? Mm. It was like a perfume ad where you just, just, you're selling the sizzle. What's a visual trick? You're you're, you're selling the sizzle. But I think you're absolutely right because I guess from that kind of era forward, it got more and more cinematic. The Obsession ads, remember those, you know? where it probably felt like they were getting away from that hucksterism, come on yeah. down, we're closing Friday, that, like that verbal information that just kind of came up. But to your point, like people are multitasking, they're, they're texting, while, at the very least, they're, yeah. they're on a device. Or like you said, they're, they're walking, they're checking on the kid or whatever they're doing. So if that information is not coming out, then it doesn't matter how good the car
1: taking the corner looks. Yeah, I mean, the irony here is that visual is our most powerful sense, but it's the easiest one to turn off. You know, you're here, your ears are always listening. And so you can turn your head, but your ears, you can't turn. There's there's one on each side, usually. And so you've got, you're always hearing Alicia it. right? a Picasso? Right. Uh, Van Gogh, Van Gogh.
0: Well, no, I meant, I meant like a Picasso painting. I know Van Gogh had one ear. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> so I, I think that people forget the audio nature of it. I think, hey, with better writing and with better creative, people are not going to turn away from a good commercial. Yeah. I think the bigger issue is the the technology ability to skip it is less important, is more important than... Then, when you have a live situation, you're, you're, you can't escape it in a live situation because you want to stay for the show. Yeah. All right. On the same topic of audio. You know, audio. I,
0: I, yeah. I've, I've, um, I don't know if you ever listen or watch uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, but he's sure. a, he's a pretty good prognosticator. I'm going to say that again. He's got a lot of, a he's lot a, of energy. He's got a lot of energy. <laughs> he's he's not a shy guy. No. he's not. He's not a wallflower. No. Um but he he think he's proven himself to be a pretty good prognosticator, and he is on fire about voice right in two areas: pod, podcasts and in um, Alexa and, and voice command right search by voice and everything. But yeah. but his point for podcasting was it saves you time because you can do other things you can get you can get some kind of information or some kind of content or even entertainment while you're jogging or right. ironing or, or whatever right. it is, because right. so, t- time is so valuable. So, what's what's your take on the future well, well, of voice? Well, time has
1: always been his lens, as as just as you know. If you watch him, it's a, the entrepreneurs that win will be the ones who save people the most time. So he sees this through that lens of that, which makes sense. I don't have a commute. and I hate running with music, so for me, a podcast can be sometimes difficult because I I have to literally listen to it and stop what I'm doing. Um, but I, I get what he's saying, and I think um, I think it's become the new AM radio. Right? It's, it's that thing we do when we're doing something else, but we're still getting it while we're doing something else. We're not, we're not not paying attention to it. I think he's right about that. In terms of the, um, I don't know if you want to go into the Alexa sure. sort of that yeah, stuff. You know, I think there's a huge opportunity there. Um, it's uncertain, given the situation we're in with technology companies and sort of the, the um, bad PR they're getting right now, if they're going to have to pull back on some of the, let's say, Star Trek – um, amazing things that they can do, yeah. right? Um, but I think if if it, if it goes out to what Bezos wants and, and what Google wants and whoever Apple has in mind, because they didn't really come out with a a Siri based device, it was more of an audio device, the Home Pod. Um, I think there's a lot of a lot there. I, I think there could be, but um, you know, it's it's the more things change, the more they stay the same. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. Alexa is there to sell stuff. Yeah, in his warehouse, right? So And Google's there to do searches. Uh, after that, how much different is life going to be? Right. I don't know.
0: Yeah, you're saving time, but you're kind of saving time searching and buying things. But
1: you're doing something you already were going to do a different way with a keyboard. It's not like there's an diff- additional opportunity for, let's say, someone like me or a content creator to do more. It's just just taking your fingers out of the equation. Right. Any takeaways from the, from the meeting? Yeah. I, I was disappointed with Apple, frankly. It was, it was, you know, they have a keynote speaker who's... Um, uh, the head of Apple uh, Retail. Uh, and, and while she gave great stuff about Apple Retail, I don't think that's what this conference is about. This conference is more about content and delivery and and entertainment and, and you know, there's nothing there. Apple didn't tell us anything that we didn't already know. If they should have done anything, they, it was the World Street Journal had an article today about how there's more Apple Music subscribers now than Spotify for the first time ever, which I find interesting. Um, it's uh, I, I, I still believe in Hollywood right now and maybe I'm just too Apple-focused, I think they are the, the biggest what-if factor about everything that we are talking about. I mean, Apple has so much cash, and, the, and they say they're coming into Hollywood, they say they're going to play into the entertainment and the content game. What are they going to do? Are they just going to be a distribution mechanism? If they're going to be production and distribution, how are they going to do it differently? Because Apple's way of doing things is never usually the way everyone else does it. And so I think they're, they're the one for me to watch the most. And I think, frankly, as a, um, as, a, as a fan of Apple and their products, not all of them, but most of them, I'd be disappointed if they didn't do it differently. If they just became another studio in Culver City that had meetings with talent and writers and directors, et cetera, and producers, and they just had more money to spend, that would be a lost opportunity. I think they have the, the amazing installed base of screens, of brand Halo, of money to truly do something different and revolutionary. And I I hope they do something like that. Uh, I really do. I I can't tell if they're going to. Yeah, you have any thoughts on that? But, I mean, they, had, just... but they
0: have the, the part they have the elements in place. They
1: have all the elements to, to make a proper studio, a real studio, not a financing entity, which what most studios are, quite frankly. Right. They've got the money and the marketing and the distribution. But a proper creative studio that also has the money and the marketing and distribution, that's amazing. And that hasn't happened in 60, 70 years, right. with the exception of Pixar, of one animated film every two or three years, but they, they nailed it. Right. Why not do that across the entire, you know, um, entertainment spectrum
0: it worked for many years it built the system
1: it built the system and the system was now the the corollary to that is if i'm right which we won't know for years but we'll start seeing signs of in the next six to nine to 12 months if i'm right where does that leave brands right mm-hmm. because brands now just lost more eyeballs there's only so much time in the day and apple is sucking them into non-advertising related content they are making pre- conceivably at a high level because of the budgets they have with great talent because they can spend on that et cetera, et cetera. So now brands have a, even a smaller little window, not little, a smaller window to get their word out. What are they gonna do? I think the counter for that is brands are gonna have to, again, make their own entertainment, have an app on the iPhone, which is Under Armour, which is General Motors, which is Nike, which is Red Bull, which is, you know, these these brands that actually can be entertainment and stand for entertainment have to do it, or they're gonna lose. Yeah.
0: Uh, let's riff on user generation, user gen for a while. Yes. Um, I used Wait, to have. Me,
1: the, the shudder up my spine.
0: <laughs> okay, got it. I used to have this theory of uh, you know when I was uh, oh for example when I was into punk rock you know you had uh-huh. the Southern California scene and then for a while you had the, 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 the Seattle uh, New scene. New York scene. Yeah, the like there was always this. Yeah. yeah, there was always like one city was kind of hot and they ha- somehow four or five bands would come out of that city and represent that scene and there right. was, you know and they would put out records and they would put out this content. Um, do you think we'll ever see that with, with movies and TV where it's sort of oh, not centrally located in Hollywood, for God's sakes? Because it's it's, this has always been the mecca, and it's because everybody's here, basically, and everybody comes here to be in it. Yes. But do you, you, know, you see a future where every city has a certain uh, output, depending on how many little geniuses grow up there?
1: That's a, that's a really interesting question. Um, I mean, certainly the music scene was, was local and it became national. Right, that, that's, how, yeah, it, that's one, how it was. Yeah,
0: it seems like every year one city would kind of rise to the top of awareness. I'm especially thinking of the Seattle scene, but yeah, it was, you know, we had a LA, Chicago scene. And, it was
1: and, L.A. In the, in the folk rock it, uh, with the 60s and 70s, yeah. and it became it's very, very true. And, and
0: the punk rock in the, in the early 80s, Southern California was, you know. Well, CBGB,
1: I mean, you're yeah. absolutely right. So the question is, will it happen in the world of sort of uh, visual, visual entertainment? Account.
0: Yeah, Storytelling.
1: When well, you're seeing a little bit of that in Atlanta where Atlanta has become sort of a, an East Coast mecca of interesting content and storytelling. But the biggest issue is, I, I think Selznick said it back in the day. Selznick said there's two ways to make profitable movies, a really cheap budget and a really expensive budget. Mm-hmm. Well, the expensive stuff's always going to be coming out of LA. That's where the money is. Right. I mean, that's why Silicon Valley's coming down here. So you're always going to have this gravitational pull you know, that's going to be huge. It's always going to be the sun. But yeah. can can you be happy on, you know, one of the other planets producing content? You probably can at a certain budget level, but I don't think you're going too high. It's just a, there's a ceiling on that. Yeah. Um, but I, would like, I'd love the idea of like, of locally, locally fueled entertainment creation. I think that's really cool. And I think, I think, I think there is some in Georgia and Atlanta. I think that's definitely the case. Um, Of course, New York is its own little thing with with sort of documentaries and news and and, and stuff like that. But I can't think of another one. Can you?
0: No, not really. It just seems like – That would be cool. Because the tools are so cheap now. The cameras are cheap. You can edit on your laptop, you know, and and even the skills, you know, the the younger generation. They just – you can teach yourself how to edit. It's just not a career track necessarily anymore so the the tools are in everyone's hands and the distribution is global distribution theoretically in everyone's hands so
1: it's interesting because robert rodriguez did that same thing coming out of texas but then he found himself in hollywood doing stuff in hollywood and staying in hollywood
0: but they always had to come here because that's that was the the the, money is the the big leagues
1: (laughs) and the marketing yeah
0: Um, the
1: marketing and the distribution
0: so but i just wonder if now that we're all connected i wonder will, will it will it dilute to the you know, could we get a, a, a city that becomes a sort of a, you know, like maybe an Austin, Texas type place where could it's be. just like music's coming out of there? And because it happens with Nashville, and it happens with Austin. And in the world of music, surely it could it could translate over into. Uh, it's we, interesting. We need this hub, but I think I think you're right about um, I mean, the Solzhenitsyn quote of like, maybe there has to be a mecca, you know.
1: If you want to break out beyond your oh look at my cool ninety minute independent film that I made to repeat that three or four or five times need money. Okay, and um, that typically is a meeting in New York or L.A., yeah. um, unfortunately or fortunately. I mean, that's, that's where it is. Um, that's true for foreigners, too. I mean, the yeah. Chinese are making a ton of deals here in Hollywood for movies that are meant for a Chinese audience, and you can even see it with some of these movies that are coming out, Matt Damon. Yeah. Um, so I, I, it's, it's, it's a really difficult thing to understand how it's going to be, but again, to follow the money, if I, if I use that lens, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Sorry to say.
0: Yeah, I'm just curious about your take on it. <laughs> yeah. So you don't see it happening?
1: I, I wish I did. You know, we have this greatest experiment going on right now with self-funded content on YouTube. Yeah. With some really, really good stuff that's not being done anywhere near Hollywood. Some of it's being done on Jersey Island off the coast of Great Britain. You know, I've seen these things that are really interesting. I forgot the name of the guy, so I can't even plug them. Uh, a lot of it's being done in South Florida, but every time they want to make it to the next level, they need funding. Yeah. And so they typically come out here. Yeah. And YouTube set up their studio out here for free editing and shooting and it just seems like there's this gravity that comes here. It shouldn't be because you're 100% right, the technology exists. Yeah. It's affordable.
0: But you know what I think the Yeah, the technology is affordable, but you know what it seems like it comes down to is bodies in the room. You got to pay people to show up and it takes a camera crew and you, if you're going to hire say four actors, they're going to have to work for days and days and days yeah. and days who's paying their rent?
1: Yeah. I mean, in, in Atlanta, you've got, you know, one or two deep on some key places, probably more than that. But in Hollywood, it's endless. Yeah. You're deep on DPs. You're deep on producers. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're deep on writers. Well, you just
0: throw a rock all day. and, and exactly. You'll, you'll and, and bounce frankly, off a writer and hit a director. And there's
1: this mystique that the best will come out here. And uh, I work with a lot of great filmmakers with content works. I have about 40 that I curate around the country. And there's great, you know, a guy named Clay in, in Nashville is awesome. And Travis and Kansas City, those guys are awesome. They're as good as people who are in Hollywood, and in, in some ways, they're better because they have sort of greater. Because they're on their own, they've got a greater sense of the bigger picture. But by and large, some of those people get really, really good, and they really and they feel the need to come to Hollywood yeah. to really test who they are and to make it and to find more um, opportunity. Yeah. And so it's 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 not necessarily something that can't be stopped because they want to come to Hollywood. Right. That's the thing. They want to come to Hollywood. Hollywood is like this need,
0: thing. We, we need that. Pyramid, we need that ladder somehow. Yeah, like if you're a gladiator, you can't play in the bush leagues. You gotta go to Rome. Yeah, you gotta go to the coliseum No or... one's
1: saying I'm going to Atlanta. <laughs> <Exactly>. No, <laughs> I'm coming to Hollywood. It's true. <laughs> um,
0: but, uh, you can go ahead. You can, go ahead. You can, no, you can say uh, the minor exception would be uh, actually, you know, Lucas and Coppola like like having their. I mean, they eschewed the whole zotrope. System. Yeah,
1: zotrope, and yeah, it failed.
0: Well, also, but, but, Lucas, <laughs> but Lucas is still around. I mean, he, Lucas he, is still around. He, but it, the Zochop thing—he he quit early. I mean, he's oh, yeah. like, "I'm out of here." Yeah, they
1: escaped Hollywood, went to San Francisco, um, and and did a you know bang up job. And, and but here's an example, which again leads to the money. They were producing one movie a year or two, and if one yeah. bombed, and what was the one that bombed after Apocalypse Now? One from the heart. One from the heart. Yeah, you know they don't have the capital to do it themselves for number two, three, and four. They've got to come back to Hollywood and have the meetings. And
0: they're not a true studio. They're not a true scene. Right. They're they're a company that puts out.
1: Right. They didn't have a distribution uh, that they could do themselves. They were beholden to whoever it was, MGM or Universal, whatever. And so they had to eventually come to Hollywood to do all this stuff. So it's tough. It's it's a fixed-cost business to be in theaters. And and it's a fixed-cost business to have a rational, ongoing production company at a certain level. Yeah. And you've got to be in Hollywood to do it as efficiently as you can.
0: Do you think theaters and that kind of theatrical distribution, do you think it's just going to go away? I hope, think... I, I hope not. I hope not. I It's in trouble, right? Um, I, I the box like, office you know, is like,
1: flat um, in the U.S. You know, it's growing worldwide, mostly a function of Asia. Um, it's, a, it's experience that has gotten, I think, old. With the price of popcorn and the need to really make their money off the concessions, and (laughs) it's really sad. It's a
0: it's a popcorn distribution system. Yes, (laughs) it's a popcorn delivery system. Yeah, it's it's like nicotine and cigarettes. It's like I I heard this on the treatment many years ago. It's like, uh, oh, not the treatment, um, the business. Yeah, a huge amount of money they make from just popcorn. Yeah, they they, keep them. They break
1: even on everything else, and it's just that. So. The, um, that's not a good business model. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good business model. <laughs> you know, model. It's, it's nice to just go see Return of the Jedi or whatever's out there and Return of the Jedi. Um, the Last Jedi. Last Jedi, excuse me. Dating myself. No. But, but to have you know, $10 popcorn isn't exactly adding fun. So I think what's happening there is the model's being reinvented, right, with, with things like Alamo Drafthouse mm-hmm. and places where the experience becomes better. And so you want to spend your time in that theater, not have to spend your time in a theater because you want to see the movie. Yeah. Now, this is, goes back to my dad, Used to work for Paramount back in the day. He managed the Paramount Theater when it was owned by Paramount. So right. it was the old Hollywood studio system. So I mean, I grew up, and, and he's he taught me a lot of great things. But obviously, he said, you know, it was a great experience. He wanted to go to the movies. It yeah. wasn't just there was television, but the, the theater was beautiful, and the and everyone was there, and you yeah. actually had an assigned seat. It was it was an experience, and we've lost that. Maybe with things like Animal Draft House, it will be reinvented and it becomes a better experience. I will say this as much as I love the theatrical experience and I think it's the best way to see a movie for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um man, time is in such demand. Time. And as, you know, married and with kids, you know, I, I I would probably pay $50 to see the movie that opens on Friday on my screen. Yeah. You know, I'd probably pay five times just so I didn't have to go through all of that. Yeah, but no one's ever done that yet. Yeah. That's when the right now the theater system hasn't broken because of that. They've held on to that first-run window, have to go see have it. Have
0: to go, super fan in the front row. Right. And, yeah. and there's
1: been, you know, it was the Cuban tried to break that once. And um, who's the filmmaker? Soderbergh? Soderbergh. Okay. Right. So so Soderbergh just did that movie, Logan's Lucky Logan, Okay. that he financed through, not through Hollywood, and I think delivered it on his own without using Hollywood distribution system, but still going to the theaters. I, I think they're, these things have tried and failed, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, eventually someone's going to try and succeed. Right. Just a matter of time. Yeah. I don't know. I, I hope it doesn't happen in some sense. I miss going all the way back to what we originally started talking about, this shared communal experience. I mean, the theater is the last place for entertainment for that, right? Yeah, it It's really the only is. place you can go with 500, 600 people all laughing at the same time.
0: I, or, I rarely go to first-run movies. I'll, I'll go to, um, you know, the new Beverly or the, the new art or just uh, the the Egyptian. Yeah. And it's just absolutely electric because— People have driven from all over the county to right. go see this particular thing, and the audience reaction is just unbelievable. They're just yeah. so happy to be there, even it's if fun. it's we miss something from the 40s and 50s or something something old. And everyone in there has seen it two or three times. But um, yeah. yeah, you don't get that sitting at home, even on your comfy couch with the giant TV screen. You know.
1: Yeah, it just, but you're, we're we're heading into territory as business people that is just not profitable. Yeah. I mean, you, I think, was it, I, I read Molly's Game, the, the book behind the poker movie that's out mm-hmm. now, and mm-hmm. she has a quote in there that says, you know, you can't be an idealist and a capitalist at the same time. Mm. So when we're falling into idealism of that old theatrical situation, which is so fun, yeah. but it's not making money. Right. And I don't see it going back to making money. So what is it going to be the next thing? Um, sadly, most of it is a loss of shared communal experience, which, yeah. is, which is a theme that's in American society now. Yeah. That's not just a, an entertainment theme. Um, we're all yeah. in our silos. Yeah, we are in our silos. Uh, sure. I wish I wish we'd find a way out of that. I think it's just one of those mega trends that is gonna it's gonna peak in something hopefully not bad, and then it'll find its way back.
0: Sadly, the you know movies used to bring us together, and now the content's kind of keeping us separated.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's the segmenting of audiences and trying to find those audiences segment has gotten so refined mm-hmm. as to having twenty different conversations going on at once, but no one's talking to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kinda like you bad.
0: and I talked about earlier, you know, when we were growing up, they were showing the same damn reruns. Yeah. You, you know, our older brothers and, and, and you know, people from the 10, 15 years <laughs> right. before us grew up on the same— Because there wasn't enough content. There wasn't enough content. <laughs> but at least, you know, we all to sit, saw the same Breaking yeah. Bunch episode and the same Gilligan's Island, you know, over and over again. But at least we had all those cultural <laughs> touch points. Yeah. And now all that's just so diluted.
1: It is. and And, and all the communal experience goes through, you know, social media. Yeah. Um, and if you, wait, wait, if you want to watch all those old the episodes, they're all on Antenna TV now. Yeah, and you can get right to your house without. Did you see the articles in the Wall Street Journal where these are supposedly these Generation Ys or Millennials? Like, did you see you can get all these free shows over the air? Like, yeah, that yeah, was the. Yeah, they didn't know. We grew it. up on that. Jump.
0: Yeah. What kind of new technology is <laughs> that? Where it actually goes yeah, through the air? It's called
1: a radio signal. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It is fascinating. Well, yeah, it is fascinating. Uh, D- David Goffin, this has been oh, uh, a wide-ranging. We got in the weeds a little bit.
1: I, I can go on. It's fun to talk to you. I appreciate this. I hope, uh, hope everyone got their, uh, their fill and they're not asleep. Yeah, and, uh, I, we'll I hope not on. either.
0: Well, we're going to do a spinoff. This is going to be our new <laughs> show. This was a
1: backdoor pilot. Oh, wow. A spinoff of a, of a pilot. That's a That could be a first. Um, all
0: right, David Goffin, founder and CEO of Content Works Studios. Thanks for coming on the AMA Los Angeles podcast. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the AMA Los Angeles podcast. For more information on the American Marketing Association's Los Angeles chapter and to find out about upcoming events, follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter.
1: This podcast was produced by
0: Joel Metzger
1: and Ice Box Logic. <laughs>